Hi, my name is Adam, and I've never seen Heathers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is such a problem with my inflections when I say movie titles? <laughs> I don't know what you're just Heathers. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to expect for the movie. That's Sometimes true. when I know what to expect, I can put an inflection. Like if it's spooky, I'm like Heathers. <laughs> or if it's fun and bouncy, it's Heathers. I don't know. Heathers. Yeah, I'll do a bunch of them. Heathers. 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 Heathers? Heathers. They might all fit. Heathers. We're going to find out. I've never seen Heathers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch. It. Fine, I'll Watch It? Thank yeah. you, jeez. Been away for a little while. <laughs> Forgotten what we do. As you heard up top, I'm joined, as always, by Adam. And this week, we are talking about the 1989 black comedy, Heathers. Adam, how do you feel? I feel good. Uh... As you can tell by the fact that you've only heard two voices thus far, we are a smaller episode this week as Johnny was not able to join us and we were not able to find a guest for this week. So it's Bridget and I watching the film Heathers. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it good. I uh, I don't know much about this movie. I know the two stars and that's it. Okay. You said black comedy though, so I think, I feel like this reminds me of a film like Jawbreaker where it's like a bunch of catty teens but like something goes way off the deep end there's probably a murder maybe some maybe the whole group gets murdered i'm assuming it's like a mean girl style like heather's group i feel like yeah. i've picked up on that throughout the year but i don't know anything about what they do or what happens but i feel like there might be a murder or multiple murders or something akin to that okay so i'm i'm excited because i know it's a cult classic that a lot of people are very fond of uh, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. Excellent. So how do you feel about teen comedies in general? Big fan, I think. Okay. You know me, I love a comedy. True. Um, so typically if there's a comedy element to it, I'm at least more inclined to see it. Teen comedies from before I was a teen are great because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is, uh, this is what it's like to be a teen. Like, I can't wait to look forward to this. Teen comedies when you're an adult, a little harder to buy into i think because you're just like ah, i wasn't like that as a kid this isn't what life's like life's hard now yeah <laughs> like, like it's hard to look back you know because then you've lived it and you know that all that's bullshit you know like every teen trope it isn't didn't apply to my high school at the very least i don't know if there are ones that applied to yours uh, there are bits and pieces of certain movies i can pull out the one that i Maybe ironically feels the most realistic to me is super bad just in like the mm. way that they talk to one another and like just some of the shenanigans like liquor in a tide bottle like that sort of shit yeah rang very true gotcha see i was and it a... came out but it also came out when i was that age mm-hmm. too and i don't know how like much i was just like yes this is what my life is going to be mm. like what's the chicken or the egg kind of thing yeah Mine was, I know this is fiction because I'm a Jonah Hill, uh, Michael Sarah type from that movie. Like, definitely nerdier on the outside, got my own group, 
definitely not thought of as cool, and I wouldn't be caught dead either getting invited to or going to a high school party. <laughs> so I'm like, this is very unrealistic, because no Emma Stones were asking me to any high school parties. So none of these shenanigans ever had the chance to, to happen. But I still find them fun. Yeah. <laughs> Get to live vicariously through them. So, like, I love a super bad. I love a can't hardly wait. I love a not another teen movie, which I know is aping the tropes of the genre, but still a good teen comedy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I enjoy movies like that. What about you? Do you have any particular favorites besides this? Um, I I loved all of the John Hughes, mm. Pretty in Pink. Sixteen Candles in particular, Breakfast Club, like when I was that age, I really enjoyed some more modern ones that have come out, the series To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Mm -hmm. The first movie was so good. That was another one. I was like, this, I can see myself like teenage Bridget, like not having these experiences because no one would pretend to fake date me, much as I would have loved (laughs) to have had that happen. But... The, the yearning and, like, wanting to be adored. I'm like, yes, that makes sense. And, like, Molly Ringwald going, like, I can't believe it. They forgot my fucking birthday. I think about that all the time. Like, <laughs> not necessarily on my birthday, but, to, like, just, like, that moment of, like, I can't, I can't believe this shit is happening to me. Mean Girls, I think it is difficult to be a, a millennial woman and not have that movie warp your brain in some way. Oh, for sure. I I don't love it as much as I think some of my peers do, though I enjoy it, I recognize it, and I respect its greatness, but at the same time, like, enough. Yeah. I think some of that is, like, almost like the revenge fantasy of being like, I was a girl like Katie, and I wish I could have gotten comeuppance on my school's Regina George. Or um, what's the Lizzie Kaplan's character? Like, I feel like a lot of people oh, yeah. are the Lizzie Kaplan character and just wish that they could have pulled this off. Yeah. I think a lot of people wish they were the Lizzie Kaplan character, but in reality are like... The girl the who girl, doesn't go here? The girl doesn't go here with the wide-set vagina and the heavy flow. <laughs> like, can you... Like, some things are, are personal crosses to bear. Like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you. No, and I wonder, too, maybe we should call my sister, like, how well that movie holds up. I feel like that's probably one that the- for a younger generation that is like a lot of the movies that we've watched here where it's like, this was on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. This was constantly on MTV. It was constantly on Comedy Central. Or it was constantly on, like, TBS or, like, some station Freeform or ABC Family or whatever of the eight different names <laughs> that channels have been called. But I feel like it's lived on one of those. That would be a channel that a younger person might have watched routinely and been like, oh, Mean Girls is my jam. I watched it every Saturday afternoon because it was on without fail yeah. from two to four. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a movie, too, that, like, if you didn't know what to put on, like, fuck it. Put Mean Girls on. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the DVD. Another one in that same vein that I also like is Easy A. Have you seen Easy A? I've never seen Easy A. Easy A is really good. Um, I remember. I know people who love it. I think I... Uh, this is a throwback that uh, Johnny would appreciate because uh, Johnny and I, with some other friends, like used to have a review website where we'd write reviews. And I'm pretty sure I wrote a review for Easy A because I was like, I love a teen comedy. Like, I'll watch this. And it's really fun. And all the adults are quippy. And it has a little bit of that, like, Juno, nobody talks like this vibe. Yeah. But it's fun. And it's got a cool story. And it's got a 
a fun vibe to it, de- definitely worth checking out. I don't okay. know if we'd cover it here, but yeah. I really enjoy that movie as another like teen comedy style thing. Do you typically prefer the high school teen comedies or the college teen comedy? Because like both are teen right. adjacent. Little, I know. I was thinking that too. I'm like, where do we cut it off? Kind yeah. of. I, I prefer high school. I yeah. don't know. I just, I think there's a lot you can kind of play with because I think for so many high schoolers, you're at such like a turning point. Like it feels cliche, but it's true. You like, you're about to be launched into the world and essentially be responsible only for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else is going to, there's not going to necessarily be a safety net for you. The dynamics of your friendships are changing. The dynamics of, like, if you have a romantic relationship, that may be shifting. It's brand new, and also it's changing all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Whereas college, like, I'm a girl, like, once Rory goes to college and no more girls, like... You're you're hit. See you later. Well, she changes. She's not the same growing. (laughs) The antagonist of that series. I just, like, college... eh. Yeah. I think it's also different, too, because, like, in college, the... The consequences of your actions are like death and jail, like getting arrested. Whereas like in high school, it's like, it could just be you get in trouble with your parents. It could be you get in trouble with your teachers. It could be you get in trouble with the law or with other kids. Like college, somehow the hijinks are just like, okay, that's more believable because in college you can do literally whatever the fuck you want. But also like at the end of the day, like if you do this, you're going to get someone killed or arrested. Whereas high school, it's like, they could just get yelled at and that's fine. Like it's a little different and... You learn lessons a different way, which I think helps put some more messaging in there, which is always nice. But, yeah. Because uh, I definitely think I prefer the high school stuff, too. Especially because, like you said, the changing of... A lot of these take place during senior year, so that way they can conceivably say everybody's 18 for all the right. non-PC uh, things that happen in these <laughs> teen, teen comedies. It's You know what's a great movie? I wouldn't necessarily put it in like the teen comedy genre, but that like captures that kind of mood I think perfectly is Lady Bird. Mm, Lady Bird is good. I love Lady Bird. Like that felt when I saw that movie, I was like, someone put my high school experience, my senior year experience, mm. like on film. Another one in that same vein that also came out recently was Booksmart. Not seen Booksmart yet. Booksmart's really good too. I feel, yeah, I gotta add that one to the list. Yeah, that one's really good. And that's another, like, teen comedy. It's, you know, they, they market it as, like, the female super bad, but mm-hmm. obviously it's completely different. I think it's only because Jonah Hill's sister's also in it. Right, <laughs> right. Part of me is like, listen, I snuck into super bad with, like, two of my best girlfriends. Like, super bad is the female super bad yeah. for me. Like, it just, it was so big. It's just universal themes, you know? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do when you get period blood on your leg? Don't know. These are problems that we all have to think about sometimes. Yeah, especially when you've poured out all the tide. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. (laughs) That would have been really helpful in that situation. Oh, my God. Comedy of Air is that movie. I do. I love that movie. I can picture Jonah Hill's face holding the tide, too. Like, getting ready to What? 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 (sighs) Magical. Hmm. So you know who two of the stars are. Yes, I know Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Okay. At the very least, they're on the poster. I think they're, like, hugging or, like, he's behind her. Like, I can see them kind of standing in a classroom, maybe, or a parking lot. I, I don't... I feel like there's a chalkboard. Yeah, I feel like them. there's a chalkboard. And Heather's is written on it. Yes. Like, they, they, that's the poster. That's the two of them. 
I'm assuming there are a couple mm-hmm. that maybe either commit some murders or are being threatened with the murders, maybe. Or at the very least, it's just, uh, you know, this girl's got a boyfriend and the group dynamic doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the vibe I get. Okay, yeah. Do you have strong feelings about them as performers in any way? I don't know a lot of either of their works. Mm-hmm. Winona Ryder is somebody that, like, I remember more for the shoplifting than for the the roles that she's taken, which is unfair, I'm yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> You're like, I hear you sighing. Yeah. Relax. I, I know, but, like, just <laughs> pulling up her known fours. I've never seen Girl Interrupted. I've never seen Edward Scissorhands. And I don't think I've seen this version of Little Women. But there's 80,000 versions of Little Women, and I think I've seen one, and I just don't know which. Hers um, is the superior version. Okay, there you go. The Greta Gerwig is good, but I'm a 94 girl. Gotcha. Beetlejuice I've seen. She's good in Beetlejuice, but she's not, like, we're not here mm-hmm. for her. We're here for Beetlejuice and his shenanigans. So. Yeah. Like, she's fine as that, like, angsty kid or whatever. And I'm just, like, looking through. That's... I didn't see Reality Bites. Which I know people really like. Um, a connection to Easy A is they reference her version of The Crucible in oh. that movie, which I have not seen. Um, but I do remember various lines from the movie Easy A <laughs> talking about that movie. Because uh, I think she's topless in it or something like that. Or um, taking a bath in some scene. I just remember that being a, a line of being like, if I have to read one more person, write about a scene from the movie that is not in The Crucible, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> How about Stranger Things? Uh, season one of Stranger Things. Season one of Stranger Things. Yes. I remember we both watched it like that weekend or oh, whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, that it came out. And then I just watched season one. She was good in that. Yeah. Again, it's not it's not about her, that series. Yeah. Uh, but she was good in it as a disheveled, out of control mom who's <laughs> lost her child in the upside She's down. She's momming out of control. She's momming out of control. <laughs> she mommed all over the place uh, in that. And that was fine i didn't finish past season one mm-hmm. um so i don't know how her character continues or evolves or anything like that but yeah. i did see mr deeds she's like the that's right the I love interest in yeah um didn't see that uh she's in the movie a scanner darkly which i've seen it's Is one of the, the richard linkletter rotoscoped yeah. uh movies so i've seen that one she's good in that uh, the little i remember of it and then that's really it. So she was in the Star Trek reboot. I don't know who she was playing. She was Spock's mom. Spock's mom. That's right. I do remember that. And yeah, I think that's that's really it. Yeah. And same thing with Christian Slater. Like I don't, I don't really know much of his filmography. I think the most recent thing I saw him in was Doctor Death, which was good. Yeah. But he's again like a bit player. I haven't seen any of his. Known for is Very Bad Things, True Romance, Broken Arrow, or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Don't know any of those. Yeah. So I don't really have, like, he seems fine. He seems like a smarmy kind of character yeah. a lot of the time. They're both, like, Gen X to a pillars. Team. Yeah. Um, Christian Slater is an, an insane movie that we will never watch on the podcast, but I want to, like, tell you about the plot of it. Is it Nymphomaniac? No, no, that <laughs> is a crazy enough. movie, but uh, for different reasons. I think it's called like Wild at Heart or Untamed Heart. Marissa Tomei's co-stars. Oh, okay. She's a waitress, and she is trying to buy a cigarette machine 
Like one of those old-fashioned... Like those vending machines, yep. Yeah, We're right on the cusp, yep. Because she's like, this is going to make me money. This is going to get me out of this dead-end job as a waitress. He is like this quiet, like basically mute, it seems, line cook at the diner. She's best friends with Rosie Perez. They're leaving the restaurant at one, like one night, and Rosie Perez isn't there, and she gets attacked, Marissa Tomei, by these men, these regulars, and they attempt to rape her. And then Christian Slater comes out and saves her, and they fall in love. Um, but it turns You're out- describing this, and the trailer is playing on IMDb, and it's all happening like in <laughs> real time. Like, you said Rosie Perez, she showed up in the trailer. You said they leave one night, and it's like somebody, it, like, it's a screen, like, you're not scared of this, are you, or whatever? And then you're like, and then she gets raped, and it's her in the woods, and, like, two dudes are, like, grabbing her, and one guy's mm-hmm. on top. And you're like, and then he saves her, and I just see, like, a punt-style, like, a football-style field goal kick to this guy's face. So, like, you nailed it. You are beat for beat with this trailer, so I'm I've seen this following movie through. once, but it is burned into my brain. <laughs> they fall in love. It turns out that he is like an orphan, he's had some sort of tragic life, he's very sensitive, and he also has like a baboon heart. His heart is like enormous, and the movie ends, his like big ape heart explodes, Aww. and he dies. Oh no. Yep. So it went untamed? I feel like there's a, one other twist too, but I just remember like the, the insane enlarged heart, and she does get her cigarette machine. Oh, well that's good. Yeah. That's good. So that's, I think of, that's when I think of Christian Slater. Okay. Is that. Is that. Got it. Not true romance. Is it Untamed Heart? Untamed Heart, I think of Untamed Heart. Okay. There you go. Do you know the director of this movie by chance? Um, the director is, let me go back. I have it here. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's Michael Lehman. Michael Lehman. Do you, are you aware of any of his other work? Because there are some things on here that I have seen. That I do kind of like, even though I think they're legitimately bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were a couple things I was looking at. Like, nothing jumps to mind. Like, he's not, like, a name. No. Um, but he did that recent movie with um, Kristen Bell. That's, like, a parody of all these, like, dark thrillers. Like, The Woman, oh, the in, woman the in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the, the window. window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it looks like he directed almost all of the episodes of that. Yeah, I think he's directed a couple episodes of Veronica Mars. These are the things. Correct. This is where we're... Uh, let's see, one episode of the lie. reboot. Yeah, none of the original, just the uh, the re- one episode of the reboot. Mm-hmm. But the ones that jumped out to me, and this is earlier, so this is only a couple of years after Heather's, but he directed the movie Airheads. Have you ever seen that movie with Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi? This is when they robbed the bank. No, when they robbed the radio station. Oh, they robbed, thank you. Yes. I knew they were robbing something. Yeah, they, yes. yeah the, the grungy band who breaks into the radio station yeah. to play their song. Yeah, that's like an 11 a.m. Comedy Central movie. Oh, yeah, that's how I watched it. <laughs> and then had the DVD of it, so I watch it on repeat all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, it's probably a bad movie, but I really, really enjoy it. And there's a lot of funny parts in it. And Brendan Fraser's great. Steve Buscemi in that fucking wig mm-hmm. makes that movie. He also directed uh, a bunch of episodes of the show Bored to Death. Which I liked. That's the one with um, wow. Jason Schwartzman and um, Ted Danson and Zach Galifianakis. That was on HBO a bunch of years ago. Uh, but he also directed the movie Forty Days and Forty Nights, which is another Comedy Central That's staple. Yep. Saw it all the time. It's a fun movie. 
objectively, it's probably really bad. I'm sure it hasn't aged well in terms of the way we discuss relationships and sex between men and women. Um, but still a fun movie that I kind of like. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mr. none of Mr. Lehman's movies made before 2000 probably have aged well, including this one. Oh, okay. There, yeah, there are elements to this that... You're, so you're telling me the short The Beaver Gets a Boner isn't going to hold up? <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling. Yeah, I didn't see The Truth About Cats and Dogs. That's a movie I've heard of, but I have not seen. My Giant seems familiar. My Giant. What? I, oh, it's I, Billy Crystal is a short person, and he's got a really tall friend. That's right. I, I'm like, I can picture the VHS at Blockbuster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he directed that movie as well. So yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment. I don't think it probably works. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I'm excited to see what this has in store. I don't know anything about it, so I'm going in super, super fresh. And I mean, this was, you jumped immediately to wanting to show this. So clearly you yeah. like it. When's the last time you think you've seen it? Uh, a couple of years ago. And I had not seen this. This was not a movie I saw as a teen. I saw this as an adult. Mm. It was finally like, maybe I should watch this finally. It's... I don't know. We'll see how you feel about it. But I think it's an interesting movie and it's a worthwhile movie to watch when you think about the teen movie canon and all of that. Okay. And how how we view teenagehood. Have you I seen think. it multiple times? Or? I have. Okay. I've revisited it. Okay. All right. What do you have to say for yourself then? Fine. I'll watch it. Just finished 1989's Heathers. Heathers? <laughs> Heathers. <laughs> Heathers. Heathers, man. Adam, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. That was that was fun. Yeah. I liked it. I can understand why maybe it didn't do well initially. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's a very hard film to market correctly for a theatrical release. But yeah. I totally get why it picked up steam on vhs and dvd like this definitely seems like a thing that you would not have caught wind of in 1988 89 90 Mm -hmm. but then like teens in the 90s would have found it and been like oh yeah this is my this is my jam yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. I think this movie is so hard to pin down, even for the people who were in it. Like, apparently Shannon Doherty, like, thought she was filming a very serious teen drama. Mm. This is according to Wikipedia legend. When she saw it in theater, she burst into tears. Really? Because it was so totally different from what she expected. That's weird, because I, I feel like there's some, like, jokey, fun moments that she's a part of. Like, I can understand not necessarily seeing the Christian Slater and Winona Ryder, like, scenes that mm-hmm. happen that have a lot of, of the darker humor and the goofier stuff in it. But even stuff she's a part of is, like, played for not laughs per se, but, like, clearly making fun of this Heather's group and how awful they are. Like, she's a part of those scenes. It's weird that she would see that and read it differently. I wonder what was on the cutting room floor that would give that impression. Yeah. And, like, she was young, too. She was only 17. Winona Ryder was only 17. Actual teenagers in a teen comedy? They were actual teenagers in a teen comedy, yes. Christian Slater was slightly older, but not by much. The actress, I forget her name, who plays Heather Chandler. Kim Walker. Yeah. She was in her teens. Okay. The... I know them by their their colors. Yellow Heather mm-hmm. uh, was in her late 20s, but she lied about her age to get the part. Mm, okay. And she's in it the least, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I like her, though. She's my favorite Heather. Yeah, that makes Outside sense. Outside of Veronica. Yeah. Well, Veronica's not a Heather. She's she a does, Veronica. She's Veronica. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because she's the, the yellow, yellow Heather is the only one that's not a raging bitch. Yeah. She doesn't even seem to be involved in some of the outwardly bitchy things that happen. Where she's just kind of like a passive bystander. She's not saying anything. She's not putting up a fight. But she's also not asked to do anything. She's literally just... She's like the middle child of the of the Heathers. Yeah. It's true. Where like the, the red Heather is the oldest Heather. She's the alpha. She's yeah. the one controlling everything. The alpha Heather. Yeah. yeah. The green Heather, Shannon Doherty, is... She just wants to be... She wants to be like her big sister. She mm-hmm. wants to be the alpha. She has somewhat alpha energy to her like a younger child would. Uh, and then the yellow Heather's just the middle one. Yeah. And Veronica's the stepsister. Yeah. She she just needs someone to go on a double date with her. That's it. And while she gets, like, pretty raped in the, <laughs> the woods. Yeah. The fact that that goes on for so long, like, blur, kind of blurred in the background of the focal well, point, is just like, okay, can we cut, can we just, like, cut away? Because, like, this, is, this rape is going on a really long time. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just a lot happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. What are the things that stand out to you? What are the things that stand out? I well, first, before like we get the, to that, yeah. I, I just want to feel, how, how is this for you on a rewatch with someone who'd never seen it? Good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was a little tense, but like once it really gets going and the dialogue gets going, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie rocks. <laughs> like any, all of those lines, like fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Just so good. All of the the slang and the vocab, which was essentially invented for the movie. Yeah. Because they did not want it to get stuck in any kind of time. No, and it does. I mean, it feels very 80s in the wardrobe True. and the the aesthetic, like especially mm-hmm. at Christian Slayer's dad's house. Yeah. I need me one of those record player and amps that's embedded in a fake rock, which makes it look like it's supposed to be outside, but it's not. It's a totally indoor equipment setup. Mm-hmm. Need that. 
That was choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the sexual mores, the attitude towards gay people. Yeah. Very 80s. Though I did love when, uh, when after the football players get killed, where he's like, he's, the football season's over. The only thing he's good for are date rapes and jokes about AIDS. Yes! <laughs> this movie is just so sharp. Yeah. And fearlessly sharp in a way that I think a movie like Mean Girls pulls back on just a little bit. Mm. You know, we'll still let Regina George get hit by a bus, but, like, ultimately, like, we're all going to be friends. And this movie says, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Murder is a plenty. Murder is a plenty. Probably the difference between an R and a PG-13. True. But just very willing to, I think, lean into true teenage nihilism. Like, nobody comes out looking good in this movie. Yeah. We don't want to write her a little bit more than... A little than... bit? You have the most sympathy for her. Yeah. I mean, she still like... she still goes along for a lot of the murdering mm-hmm. and doesn't... Never comes forward. The person who actually did all the murdering. Although she did one murder. She did one murder. She shot one of the, the football guys. Yeah. But the person who did do the majority of the murders just gets away clean with a suicide, which I guess speaks to the, the whole theme and that's how he was always going to go out anyway, but still feels a little cheap that he gets to go out on his own terms. Right. Uh, which feels a little unfair. But mm-hmm. so she like kind of gets away with everything and is just like puts a neat little bow in her hair on it. And that's, that's, that's the end. Yeah. But life's messy, you know? Um, I guess uh, Martha comes out looking okay. Mm. As like someone who's truly ostracized and like, you know, set aside from the society of high school. But everybody you encounter, all the parents, all of the fellow students, any of the teachers, adults, all are stupid in some way. Betty's nice. Betty seems like she doesn't have a mean oh, bone in her body. You're and right. she Betty just wants Finn. to yeah, she just wants to be friends with her old childhood friend, which I sure hits home for a lot of kids, especially uh young women who have to feel like they need to be part of the clique and part of the popular mm-hmm. group and then the ones who don't feel that need, like, get left behind like a Betty. So I, I'm i sure that hits home, too, for a lot of people. Yeah. But she's nice, yeah. That, that's true. All right, we got Betty, we got Martha. That's really it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, some, even some of the, like, some of the dweebs or whatever, but the one dweeb, like, tries to say that he dated the girl, the girl that, yeah. yeah, the red Heather. And I'm like, no, you didn't. No, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, you did in middle school before she hit her growth spurt and found out she was pretty. But no, I don't think so. I, think so. <laughs> I also love during the first cafeteria scene where they're going around and doing the poll, the mm-hmm. first table they go up to and they ask, you know, you inherit $5 million, but aliens are coming the next day. They're going to blow up Earth in two days. What do you do? And <laughs> they're all like, I would take the money to my father. He's a great broker. Like, yeah, how I'm going to invest it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to donate it to charity, to the homeless. Like, it's just so, like, empty. Yeah. That girl said the homeless just so she wouldn't say, give it to my daddy to invest, which is what she definitely would have still so, done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's still, like, it feels like the vanguard of the sort of Gen X movement, like, really putting its thumb in the eye of, like, 80s, greed is good, mm-hmm. yuppie Oh, because that's 80s was all about yuppie, rich, 
you know, doing coke in the bathroom after your day trading job, job. is over. Yeah. You know, clubbing, like the whole thing. It's all excess and Reaganomics and all this stuff. And then the 90s are very much like a fuck you, rich yuppies. Like, we'll do what I want. I'm wearing flannel in the, in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, this movie is a guilty pleasure. Make, there, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. There are parts of it that I was thinking about, like, as we were watching, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. The school shooting as a concept is not, like, yeah. this outlandish thing that you would be like, I want to put it in a satire. Oh, yeah. What a quaint 1980s point of view is that school... A, a kid bringing a gun to school is something where you need to deliberate between suspension and expulsion. <laughs> right. And when, like, and you're, like, the bad guy's, like... Lock him up. You're like, shut up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Um, who are you to say anything? Who are you to say anything? Heather. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little, like, that's like the one I was nervous about. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot. Yeah. When he pulled it, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> guy with a gun at school. And then, it, like, immediately cuts to the next scene. You don't see any of the aftermath of the threat. There's no implication immediately whether he actually shot them or not. It's literally just a smash cut to, like, the bathroom or the convenience store, like them getting oh, ready for a party. Croquet. Oh, yeah, they're just playing croquet in the backyard, which I'm sure there's a metaphor there with croquet, but I don't know the game well enough to be able to pick up on it. I'm sure it's there because they just kept going to that well. But yeah, it was, so it was just like, oh, oh, we're just breezing past kid with a gun in school. That's weird. That's not now. Yeah. <laughs> so they maybe didn't want it to sit in the 80s, but it very much does not feel like it's the 90s or beyond. No. In that regard. Yeah. That and suicide, too. Suicide is a theme that runs through it, but I don't think it actually has much to say on the topic. It's more of a plot device. Yeah. It reminded me, and I know we've talked about this, bringing up uh, like Robin Williams movies and some of the other things. I know we've brought this up to you before, but the movie World's Greatest Dad has a similar conceit. Oh, that's right. In yeah. that a person dies. Dies. And it is played off like a suicide. Mm-hmm. And therefore, but that one spins off to the concept of like making a martyr or a hero out of a misunderstood, very much in the same way that people start to treat Red Heather like she's this misunderstood muse who just didn't fit in. So she ostracized everybody else to set herself above because, you know, like all of the things this movie tries to say about her, that also does. So it's not a wholly unique concept to being left in the past because other things that have come out since have done a similar thing to it. But still, yeah, not it doesn't really have anything to say about suicide or mental health where I feel like if it was made and if they did a remake or made it now, it would very much tap into the mental health aspect of it as opposed to what it does, which is everybody uses the suicides to their own gain. Like, the yearbook committee guy wants to make his name in the yearbook committee. One of the other nerds, and so I, I forgot some of these, so none of the nerds don't necessarily come out looking squeaky clean either. One one of them wants to use it for their submission to Cornell. Yeah. That they were a part of this student activism thing, and the news came, and we all held hands to rally around suicide. You know, they're all using it as a springboard, where, where nowadays I feel like people would take a step back and be like, no, 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 this is real serious. Like, we will cancel school for a week. But we'll cancel classes like everyone's going to the gym and we're doing seminars all week about being true to yourself and talking to adults for help or something. Yeah. But a satire would also play it as nonchalant as this one kind of does. Right. 
I love all the funeral scenes. The increasingly wackier funeral scenes was great. Uh, that was one of the things that stood out. Uh, I loved, like, the first Heather one is is normal. It's just, like, kind of a regular thing. I love the inner monologues of each person sitting down to pray. That's really funny. The favorite being, I prayed for her to die every single day. And it, at first I felt bad, but then I realized you totally got what I was saying. And then you went and did it. <laughs> Or something to that effect where basically yeah. I'm like, I wanted her dead, God, and oh, you came through, so you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do, like, when you're that age, like, just emotions run so high. Mm-hmm. You're like, everything is, like, so extreme. Like, any sort of positive, negative emotion you have towards anyone. Oh, yeah. It's either death upon them or I want to love and marry them forever, forever. for the rest of my life. Like, right. There's very little, like, eh, they're fine. Like, I feel like as I got older, I, I found a lot more things where, like, it's whatever, it's fine. Right. I don't like it, but ugh, it's not worth my time or effort. Yeah, we just had a long conversation about <laughs> one of those situations. Yes, exactly. Where it's just like, it's enough. Uh, this is annoying, but whatever. Yeah. Fine. Just... Whereas, like, a kid, you'd be like, no, this is the end of the world. This is a big deal. Five alarm fire, 911. <laughs> I hate this person and I want them dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of growing up is learning what's worth the time, time. and effort. Yeah. <laughs> but as a kid, you got nothing but time and effort. So you put that into wanting to blow up the school or murder your clients or whatever uh, when you feel angsty <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the 1980s. Yeah. So I also loved the, uh, the football player funerals where they're each laying there <laughs> with a football on their chest, wearing the helmet. The speech the dad gives about how he he loves and respects his Dead gay son. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> and the, the quippy line about, like, I wonder if what he would think if he had a limp-wristed son with a pulse. Yes. Yeah. I, I did chuckle pretty hard down, but I laughed out loud when I saw them in their <laughs> football. <laughs> the the priest minister is so good, too. Mm-hmm. Also a Beetlejuice. Also in Beetlejuice, yeah. I saw him and I was like, oh, where do I know that guy from? But yeah, he's at the dinner. The, he's around yeah, the he's, dinner scene. He's the, the, the realtor? interior designer. Oh, the interior designer. Uh, That's what it is. I was glad that the last one was a dream because when it smash cut to the funeral of Green Heather turned Red Heather, Shannon Doherty. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, wait, why are they all wearing like priest robes and 3D glasses? And why are there like inflatable balloon flowers adorning her casket? And then the aisles of the church. What is what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then, like, because everything leading up to that funeral, like, feels very much like a regular part of the movie. Like, Christian Slater comes climbing in through the window. He convinces her to do more murders. They go and do the murder. And then smash cut to the funeral. Like, that all feels very much like the rest of the movie. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Why? Like, I wrote down 3D glasses? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I love Red Heather. Anytime she's on screen, she's horrible. Mm-hmm. She has such good lines. Like, yeah, she's the one who says the fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. We also have when they're going to play the trick on Martha and Veronica's like, I don't have anything against her. She's like, you don't have anything for her either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And the use of very. Oh, I don't like the use of very. Oh, I love it. Oh, because it's Come on, one... it'll be very. It's one of those things where, like, I forget what that phenomenon is, where, like, someone tells you something, but then stops short of finishing, and just, like, that anxiety you get of, like, what? What? Say the thing. Like, very what? It's very what? 
the fact that nobody in the movie, like, I really thought after we heard two or three varies as an adjective, Christian Slater gets told something's very. I really thought he was going to be like, very what? Because, like, he wouldn't understand their weird slang Mm -hmm. unless that's just a thing people talk in this fake 80s Ohio town. But I was like, just say very what? Damn it, Christian Slater, you fucking asshole. Like, I want to murder you. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, it's just... It's going to be very. I'm going to start using it now. Stop trying to make very happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> fetch um, is better. I'll take fetch over oh very no, every day I of like, the week. I like very. <laughs> oh, when Veronica talks about, you know, I just killed my best friend. And JD goes like, or your worst enemy. And she's like, same difference. <laughs> like That cut deep for you? I just, you know, there are friendships that I had in high school that like were just so fraught with conflict and some of them continued into adulthood i'm like yeah okay that's how it feels sometimes <laughs> only someone who's close to you could get under your skin and i do like that we go back even though she is a terrible person i like that we go back to her heather's locker mm. and you know get a sense again of like what their friendship was like because we really jump in right at the end. At the end of, like, when it's reached peak toxicity for we, Veronica. Yeah, we don't get that. And, like, it, it's going to happen. But, like, we're going to gonna compare this to Mean Girls a bunch. Because, like, yeah. I feel like Mean Girls is the PG-13 version of this movie. Like, this is the middle school version. That's the middle school version of this high school movie, essentially. Yeah. Where, like, we get to see Lindsay Lohan being brought into the, the Mean Girls clique. Where here it's just like, no, she's already a Heather, but it doesn't quite make sense because she seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders and doesn't want to be a part of this. Like, we don't even get, like, her being super vicious. We just get her along for the ride through a lot of it, which makes it weird that we pick up in the middle. This seems like stuff that you'd be super okay with by this point or would have just stopped hanging out with these people altogether. She seems too smart to have fallen in with this this bad crowd. Yeah. But... She's also theoretically too smart to, like, believe her boyfriend when he says, these are special bullets. They're like tranquilizers. You know what I mean? Like, Well, she doesn't speak German. True. true. <laughs> she does take French. But, you know, you kind of swap one yeah. bad element for another. Yeah. I think the part that gets me the most about it, though, is the fact that they tell us in the movie that when she was 13 in eighth grade, or in the sixth grade, right? When she's 12 in sixth grade, and they're like, okay, you got to go to high school now because, like, you're too smart. I feel like by the time she got to high school and became 14, 15 years old, that smartness would have continued and she would have been like, I'm not fucking hanging out with these losers. Like, a super smart, overly smart person, the way they describe her to be, where, like, she would have skipped a bunch of grades and she's got a fast track to Stamford and all these different things, wouldn't want to fall in with the overly aggressive clique. Like, the part that makes it more believable in, like, a Mean Girls is that while Regina and said group are bitches, they're not, like, that bad. Yeah. Having seen this now. <laughs> like, I feel like this group is way worse than anything oh, we yeah. saw in the Mean Girls movie. And therefore, I feel like it's less believable that a a smart, a book smart, could be nerdy outsider gets brought into the fold that we don't see. But then is immediately like, whatever, I'm just going to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica's just going along to get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do see a little bit of that in the 
the party a little bit where she's like, okay, I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to hang out with this dude and all right, fine. I'm going to, yeah. But we also see like red Heather also has some moments of not great stuff happening at that party, which is nice to see before she ultimately gets, gets murdered. (laughs) Yeah. Cause she's clearly not very happy with her situation in that moment either. Although I did laugh really hard at the, like her insistence that like, no, I'm not doing this. And he's like, whatever, just do it. And she's like, all right, fine. And then he just puts her head down into the lab and it disappears off camera. Which is just a really funny shot for a really horrible context. Yeah. And I then don't it, like that I'm laughing at it, but it's... Pans back up and it's like that RCA, like, guy, like, sitting in front of the speakers being blown away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's a really funny shot in a really horrible circumstance. Mm-hmm. But she's awful and gets what's coming to her. So. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of rape culture sprinkled in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. throughout the movie it is an 80s movie after it, all. it's an 80s movie but it's not an 80s movie it's not like a porkies or something that like plays it for laughs there's funny things in it but you're horrified like at no point are you like ah this is some good natured fun yeah you're like oh no the only thing oh, that's close to that no. The the double date one that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that one kind of feels like it's played for laughs a little bit because they're so drunk. We talked about how they just get drunk and want to tip cows. Like the whole the whole evening is just kind of like a farce, but it ends with a rape. Mm-hmm. And her friend is just like, whatever, fuck it. Like Veronica just goes off. Yeah. She leaves. She sees what's happening. She looks at her friend constantly pulling her hands out from being pinned down. Fighting, and she's just like, whatever, Christian Slater's here. I'm on his motorcycle, I'm out of here. I'm gonna slushy. Yeah. He gets me the big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> and all the the rumor at school. Mm. That is messed up. I can't imagine. Dude, how do you prove a negative? That's the thing, <laughs> you can't. And like, who are you gonna believe? The captain of the football team, who everyone loves <laughs> and respects, or whatever? Or two people with the same story? Yeah. It's not fair. It's not, no. And, like, her friend probably could back it up and be like, no, they definitely, she definitely left before. Like, I was with this dude the whole time, and then she left. And it was just me and those two dudes. I can back the story up. But she also probably would have been too sheepish to to stand by her friend, because she wouldn't want to be seen as being Oh, I was the one getting banged in the cow field. Yeah, exactly. She wouldn't want that getting out, especially because she didn't seem to want it. Yeah. Um, so she definitely wouldn't have stepped up to help her either way. So she was totally fucked from the get-go. Yeah. You were right in the assumption that this movie probably has not aged well. I just, I don't know. This to me it does not feel like a teen movie in the way that Mean Girls are super bad. Like, I feel like you could show it to someone in middle or high school. And I'd be like, okay, this feels like... A movie that you almost need a little bit of distance from mm. and maybe it's just because like i saw it as an adult and i was like okay it's it makes sense to me as an adult yeah but i don't know they did recently make it a musical okay which i think is an okay like it's just twisted enough that you can put it into a musical universe yeah and it's all right it can't be as reprehensible as like dear evan hansen or something <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> That movie was bad. (laughs) That movie was so bad. Um, When I found out what that was about... Oh, yeah. I... We're just going to keep sidebarring on movies that are not the one that we watched today. I thought about people I knew who had seen it 
as a live performance. And like ranted and raved about it. I was like, what is going on? Am I like, am I surrounded by psychos? What is happening? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw it and saw what it was about, I was like, am I supposed to root for this kid? Because I don't. He is not rootable at all. Like, he is a monster. Deserves to be ostracized the way that he is. He's getting his comeuppance. We don't need a third act. I've got it. He's been punished. We're good. Yes. No more. <laughs> yeah. He uh, did a horrible thing and people acted accordingly. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> there don't was justice it. in yeah. the world. It was great. Uh, yeah, I don't know how this would play if you saw this as a, a teen. I feel like you need to be in college at the very least mm-hmm. to understand because I feel like I feel like you could watch this movie as a teen and kind of want to side with Christian Slater even after the end. You'd yeah. be like, okay, well, he was right. Society, like, school is just a miniature little society with a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds all trying to coexist and, like, do the same thing and just, like, get along and be fine. And it never works because people are just the fucking worst. And I feel like you could watch that as a teen and be like, radicalized almost. Yeah. Then again, you could just stumble down like a YouTube algorithm oh, feed yeah. to like. I'm not trying to blame media, but yeah, but like right, it does feel, it does feel adult. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. In a way that Mean Girls and Breakfast Club do not. Yeah, even though they're kind of there's some overlap in the Venn diagram. Yeah, well, because like those movies are about just trying to exist and get through it. And have it a little bit of fun along the way. Yeah. Like, that's seemingly the point of most high school teen comedies is like, can we make it out alive at the end of this? Metaphorically. Whereas this one is like, can we make it out alive at the end of this? But like, really? Yeah. Alive. Because there's a serial killer in our school (laughs) that's working on a day-to-day basis and crafting suicide notes or whatever. Right. Yeah. I would also, I if I were a kid raised in who came of age post Sandy Hook, I think it would be difficult to be like, to kind of be like, ah, this is a satirical frame that works for me. Mm. I don't know. I don't know, though, because that's not who I am. But no. I just imagine, like, like if you spend a lot of your childhood doing, like, active shooter drills, like, maybe this just doesn't... Yeah. I feel like the thought... Land. I'm, but again, there are those, you know, disturbed youths that would be like no i want to do this this right like the yeah the kids who watch fight club and are like i love tyler durden yeah 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 because everything has a every single movie or piece of media that exists it always has the potential for someone to take it the wrong way yeah uh and so this would be a very fine line like well this this would never get greenlit now i rarely do i say that movies that existed in the back in the day couldn't be made now because i feel like that's just like someone could do it yeah like it might not be as good but like they could do it and someone would green light it and it would be fine but i feel like a movie about a guy who brings a gun to school that then convinces a classmate to murder other people in the school i feel like is less of a yeah a sell yeah in hollywood and it's not gonna be on the comedy shelf no, exactly. It would be more straightforward. It would be maybe more what Shane and Dory thought it was going to be. Yeah. Where it wouldn't be. There would be no humor found in it because that shit is real now. Yeah. And no humor is found in it. Yeah. So this is one of the very few where I feel like it might not be. 
they might not go the suicide route. I feel like realistically, if this movie were made now, it would be more Mean Girls than it would be Heather's. Yeah. Because it would be like, well, we can't have her kill her. What if we just had her gain a little bit of weight from some chocolate? <laughs> like, what if we just did that as revenge? That would be fun, right? And that would move the story along. Because she'd be a little bloated and would hate herself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be the studio notice. Like, what if we didn't do suicide and we just did practical jokes? <laughs> like, what if we did that? What if we put her hand in some water? While she was asleep. asleep. Oh, my God. Forget about it. Dude. Should never live it down. Yeah. Or have a bowl of spaghetti and say it's intestines. No. Like, <laughs> those are eyeballs, those. not meatballs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, I th- yeah. that would be what they would go for. But This movie did have a darker ending originally. Darker than? Darker than what we get. This than... was the uplifting ending. Okay. What is it? The original screenplay. This is from IMDb Trivia. The original screenplay had a different ending in which Veronica kills JD by shooting him, then straps the bomb, a much larger and more complicated piece of equipment, to herself, blowing up as JD does in the final ending. What is placed in the final ending as JD's boiler room speech about, imagine I blew up the school, imagine I blew up all the schools, is contained in a suicide note found in Veronica's locker by Heather McNamara and Betty Finn. The movie ends with an eerie prom sequence set in heaven, tying into JD's assertion that the only place everyone will truly get along is in heaven. The prom begins with students dancing within their social cliques, then switching partners in odd pairings, like metalheads dancing with Heathers, and one of the murdered jocks getting his prom picture taken with one of the tipped cows, (laughs) the punch being served as the drain cleaner used in the first murder scene, and Martha Dump Truck is singing on stage as the entertainment for the evening. This was intended to be shot, but the studio thought it was too dark for the target teenage crowd and opted for a lighter ending. I don't I don't know that it's darker. I feel like it just makes less sense. True. Like I don't think I think Veronica killing herself is That's darker. Grim. Yeah. But it doesn't fit in line with the rest of the movie because she halfway through realizes that like I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't me dumps Christian Slater like very early on in the grand scheme of the movie. Yeah. Um, Because she's done. She's like, she's done. Once they do the double murder, she's like, no, actually, this is you just want to keep killing people like I'm I'm out. Mm -hmm. So her killing herself at the end doesn't fall in line with the rest of her character, even if she was riddled with guilt over what happened and couldn't live with herself anymore. It doesn't fit. Yeah. I guess it's like a fun scene. It would be a fun visual scene to see. I love a prom scene. Yeah. Well, and like a good high school teen comedy needs a dance or a prom or a party or a homecoming. Like it needs something, which this doesn't really have. Most of the movie takes place in their houses or in school. We get the one college party, but that's very brief and isn't the same as you would find in a movie like this. Yeah. So like that would be a fun visual thing, but it doesn't. It doesn't why is Martha there? She survived. Does she would she have died earlier in the movie, Martha Dumptruck? Terrible that they call her that in the credits too. <laughs> You're mean, Heather's producer. You're so mean. <laughs> I don't know, and I think I think the dream, like the dream sequence, is just meant to include everyone, regardless of whether they died. I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like you need to you need to rework it even a little bit more. I'm glad that Veronica didn't kill herself. She finds the strength to do what needed to be done and 
walks away scot-free. There's a ton of questions the investigators are going to have as to how a boy blew up and a girl is covered in soot and ash and cigarettes and blood uh, and somehow isn't involved. <laughs> it's a lot of loose ends that need tying up. Yeah. Uh, it's like ending a sentence with very. But it's I... very. Yeah. God damn it. It's, <laughs> like, it's an earworm. I, I just can't. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's worse. That's a worse ending. I, I agree with the studio on this one. Yeah. Because, like, would we have still seen the Boiler Room speech and then seen that? Or would that be a replacement for this? I think it would be a replacement. Because he would have been shot yeah. already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that less. I don't like that he, like I said, I don't like that he gets out clean on his own. I would like to see him face some consequences, yeah, as you, it were. You did cheer when she shot his middle finger off. That was great. I did. I thought she missed again. Yeah. And then I saw the blood from the, like, the wound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, she has middle finger. That's great. That's just, that's wonderful. I did think it was a little convenient that he also stabbed the bomb to stop it when he was <laughs> shot in the, the gut. I was like, ah, uh, okay. Seems like he did that on purpose. Like, he didn't want to blow up the school. And then you shot him anyway, Veronica. You're a bad person. Uh, but it just seemed a little too convenient. But it is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, the ending, the, the alternate ending is, is worse. Yeah. I do wish they had shot it just so I could see it. Yeah. Because then you could wonder, like, oh, you could play it like this. And then if it had been better, then there would have been director's cuts of the official version that would have permeated since this was a, you know, a cult classic that lived and breathed on home media anyway. Having that as, like, the better version would have been fine. And then you could have released the 20th anniversary special edition with the original intended thing. And that would have been the version that carried on forever. If it was better. How do you feel about JD in this, Christian Slater? Not my cup of tea. Like, I get, like, there is something charming about him in the first third of the movie. Mm -hmm. When you do think, oh, he is exciting. Oh, he rides a motorcycle. He bought her a cherry slushie. This is fun. But he's doing a really intense Jack Nicholson impression, which once you notice it, you can't unhear it. Yeah, I get that. It's, like, that's my very Mm. in this movie. To be fair, though, I didn't read it as Jack Nicholson only because I read it as Christian Slater. Because I've seen other things. And, like, granted, I mentioned not, like, watching a bunch of his stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, he pops up in things. Yeah. Um, And when he pops up in things, he talks and acts like this. Yeah. The same, like, as soon as he came on screen and started talking, I immediately remembered that I had seen the first season of Mr. Robot. And he is exactly the same in that, where it's the downfall of society, and I got to take out society, and I talk in this very same way, and I act this very same way. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's that's Christian Slater, that's what he does. But now that you say Jack, I'm like, oh, yeah, he is kind of doing Jack. Yeah. And he specifically was doing Jack in this movie. Mm-hmm. The earring's cute. <laughs> I don't know. There is something to that, like, your first love you're just kind of blinded to any kind of fault they might have. Yeah. And everything is like, seems like it happens so quickly. I just feel like even, even as a kid, like if someone was like, we're doing a murder, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe I've never been in love like that, but I swear to God, if someone was like, we're doing a murder, I'd be like, no. <laughs> or at least found a way to like, weasel out. Yeah. Or tell somebody later. And or, we, did, we did talk about, off pod that you are much more 
direct direct <laughs> individual. Um, I can see that would not happen to you. I'd be the I one being like, let's do a situations. murder. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a murder. Let's do it. Yeah. But just the kind of overwhelming sense of there's nothing but the two of us. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Which really culminates in the scene at the football player's funeral mm-hmm. when they're both laughing. Giggling, yeah. And it like is only broken up when you the sad girl looks behind. Oh, wearing her older brother's letterman's jacket after oh. she just found out that he's gay. I did. <laughs> what a sad day for her. I, I didn't even put together it was his jacket. I assume it's his. She's wearing a letterman's be. jacket that's red with the white sleeves that he had been wearing throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Whichever one of them it was. I don't remember if it was the guy from Jag or the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have liked it better had it been a more gradual... Oops, we accidentally did a first murder, but that was really easy. Now I want to do more murders, or we can just keep doing this, rather than him wanting to do a murder from the outset. Yeah. She almost seemed like his victim in the sense that he wanted to do a murder and just needed someone to point the gun for him. Like, he wanted to pull the trigger, he just needed to know who to aim for. Right. It does sort of put the the first cafeteria scene into a different light, when you're like, is he looking at her because he thinks she's cute or is he looking yes. at her well yes <laughs> she is Winona Ryder yeah. but there's also like this is someone who could be useful yeah like it's almost like okay he's got his target he's going to groom himself an assistant murderer yeah which it happens there are plenty of stories of and like I'm not as up on the murderers throughout history as you or Jamie um but <laughs> Like, I feel like there's plenty of stories of normal, everyday, regular women who get seduced by murderers and end up going on to commit murders with them. Or, like, break them out of jail. Correct. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's your Charles Mansons who have their harem of women who go on to commit murders for him or yeah. whatever. And then, you know, there's some other, like, Bonnie and Clyde types. But I would have liked a more gradual rather than, hey, I want to do this murder now. You're going to help me. Because that makes it less believable that she fell under his spell. It's more so just she was just like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that they telegraph his intentions pretty early. Mm. Like, this is a bad dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I he could have been a bad dude. I think just the outright wanting to murder was made it a little bit more of a gap to close in the mental gymnastics of why would you ever let this happen to yourself and granted i'm saying that as an adult if i was a teen i'd probably be like i get it i'm impressionable yeah (laughs) i believe things when people tell them to me right shit i still do now as an adult (laughs) the woman in her 30s like was constantly surprised i did like his banter with his dad though i thought that was a fun dynamic yeah the like pretending that you're the son or the dad like that was fun that was a cute little thing that they had then got really tragic when you find out why the last scene of his mother was her waving from a library in texas yes <laughs> to which my first thought was did she shoot jfk <laughs> like is that is that what happened she went to prison for shooting jfk in this universe was she it, was at the school book depository in, in dallas dealey plaza okay Okay. Strange retconning of history, but whatever. Heather's yeah. all by it. But then Didn't no, know we turned, were going there. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was, like that's the whole thing I was saying is like, are they trying to tell me she shot JFK? 
Because that's a weird turn for this movie. That Bridget I don't Coleman think they have. This is a black comedy, but yeah. that's just weird. It's I not bleak. It's weird. I don't think we're going to have enough time to wrap up this plot thread about the mother who shot JFK. I feel like I'm going to need another movie for this. Um, but no, finding out that she was in a building that the dad demolished, seemingly on purpose, mm-hmm. to commit suicide to get away from the the father, who is awful. Like, yeah. what a horrible human being who just can't wait to burn like. Knock down things that people love. Yeah. I love he's doing hand exercises. He's squeezing that, like, oh, flexor. Yeah. yeah, whatever. I, I don't even know what you would call that thing. Yeah, it's like the, the, the grip. The, the grip exerciser. Yeah. yeah. Grip strengthener. Yeah. It's that's really good torque in it. Well, it's probably so he can squeeze the ignition on the detonator. You're I, right. That's what I assumed in the moment, that oh. he's like... Some of them are I'm a button so, or a, like so a TNT stupid. push like, thing. But. I guess he plays guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's not why I don't think. It no, could just be that he's right. an exercise guy because we see him walking on the treadmill. And he's got True. the weights behind or whatever. But in my head, he's he's doing it so that way he can expertly squeeze the detonator on all the buildings he's demolishing. True. What do we think of Veronica's parents? They were fun. I also liked their banter of, take a load off. Tell us about whatever. And that, like, the first two interactions we see are both almost identical of her sitting down on the patio to have pate, where they ask uh, something about, like, the first one is very innocuous, like, oh, how was the first week of the post-vacation, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then the next one is the completely similar nonchalant, so how was the first day after your best friend's suicide? <laughs> like... Okay, I feel like there's a better way to approach this, but whatever. You guys got a system and it's fine and she seems okay with it, so whatever. Uh, but I love how the dad keeps asking questions. He goes, because you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you're Why dumb. do I bother with these damn spine offs? Yeah. You're an idiot. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Why do I smoke cigarettes? You're an idiot. No, oh, all right. That's true. These damn things. Yeah. yeah. I got a motor. <laughs> if I want to make it to this funeral. Yeah, if I want to be ready for the funeral, if I want to be ready for this party. They were fun. The mom was a little weird when she came in and saw Veronica st- uh, hanging there, mm-hmm. which was great. That whole scene was great with her fake suicide, which obviously was a not. I don't. I don't think it was played as a like shock moment because I yeah. think everyone who's watching this knows it's fake. But the, her immediate reaction isn't like, "Oh my god, my beautiful daughter! Oh my god, what happened? Oh no, my sweet baby!" Like it was immediately. I should have let you get a job at the mall. Yeah, I just. I didn't think it'd be safe. Be boys at the mall. Oh my god, the mall. I was worried about you be coming home at night. Yeah. Like, okay, it's a weird reaction. You should be sad your daughter died after you were just told that she's suicidal. Yeah. By a boy you have not met. <laughs> I assume the note he gave to the parents was written in her handwriting. Is that the assumption? Yeah. Okay. Because he said, does the handwriting look familiar? And I was like, on what? There's nothing to compare. What are we looking at? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She was good. I liked I liked Veronica. I like Winona Ryder a lot in this. I think she does a good job. It was a little jarring. I was a little uh, put off at first at the very beginning when it cut to a very Beetlejuice-looking moment of her head in the grass getting hit with uh, croquet balls. Because mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what are we doing here? This is, is this surreal? Was this like a Beetlejuice but a teen comedy? Because I, I don't know if I'm here for this. Uh and I wasn't sure what kind of plot device they were doing when she started talking. Because she broke the fourth wall staring at the camera and saying, Dear Diary, life is fucked up or whatever. But then they immediately cut to her just writing in a diary and abandoned any of that opening semblance of 
craziness. Yeah. Which I was glad because I was like, I, I could do surreal, but I don't know if I could do this version of this movie. Yeah. Dear Diary, my teenage angst has a body count. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. So overwrought. Ballsy, though, to bring your diary to school. Oh, very bold. Especially when you're friends with Red Heather. Dude. She would not. She would not hold that to herself. No. As we see with Green Heather. When she finds out, you're, you're hit. Dunzo. Yellow Heather was really dumb for calling to that radio show that she knows her friends listen to. <laughs> with her problems. My name's Heather. Uh, Madonna. <laughs> Tweety. Tweety. I need a name, honey. Yeah. It was great, though, when she said, my name's Tweety, and then the radio guy was like, tweet, honey. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. He just told her to, like, uh, tell her her problems in 140 characters or less. That's amazing. <laughs> Ahead of its time. Oh, my God. This could be set in any era. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved the cops <laughs> in the, uh, at the football double suicide, double murder. Who were just getting high at dawn in the park. Yeah. Because, like, you know their shift's almost over. And, like, what crime really happens between dawn and, like, 7, 8 a.m. Other than any jogger that's ever found a dead body in a park. Park. No less. Right. Um, But I love that they're just, like, getting high. And then, like, they hear the gunshots. They don't even react to the first one because we don't see them until after the second one. Where they go, I heard that one. And when the one cop is chasing JD and Veronica through the woods, he's like, he's doing this weird run. And at one point he like stops and does like a Charlie's Angels pose, which just like, it felt very like Reno 911 to me. It like, it seemed like it was out of some Austin Powers type move of him just like doing a pose, like a fun pose with a gun mid chase of murderers. Yeah. And I just love that. It's like, ah, don't worry about it. I think I got all the answers right here. And then when he's like, wait, but are the kids that are making out in the car, are they naked? Yes! <laughs> and then uh, the ending to that scene is a great callback to the setup for the murder, which is all of the things that Christian Slater purchased to frame them as two gay guys. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like anybody that heard any of their bullying would be like, yeah, they probably were gay. They talked an awful lot about sucking dick and being gay. Yeah. I just saw him at a dude at a funeral yesterday, and he was asking another dude to beg... About how much he liked dick. Like, I could see him being gay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, all the stuff he buys, and it's, like, a gay porno mag, and it's, like, can- candy and flowers. And then the last thing is a bottle of mineral water, which Winona Ryder very clearly points out as being, like, mineral? Like, plenty of people make drink mineral water. It's come a long way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the- it's come a long way. Mineral water is really working on rehabbing its image as a foo-foo gay drink to something that everyone could have. <laughs> Water. Um, and she'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess in Ohio, like, a man would have a beer or, like, a soda. Like, he wouldn't have mineral water. Uh, and then the ending of the cop scene is him going like, yeah, it's a smoking gun. I think we know everything we need to know about this case. They had mineral water. And the other cop's like, they were gay? <laughs> the captain of the football team's... Forget what, he, what euphemism for fucking he used, but it was... One that isn't used today. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's porking the linebacker? What a waste. (laughs) Yeah, that whole scene was great. Yeah. There's another, like, the scene that comes after with Veronica and JD fighting in the car. Mm -hmm. I like that scene, too. Right as it pulls out and it's just her and him, like, screaming in the car. 
with the windows down. Like, yeah. everyone can hear them. Yeah. But then you see Green Heather come, I think Green Heather comes into the shot and, like, meets someone else. And, like, someone's like, hey, we're done with school today. Those two guys just killed themselves. Yeah. Like, but it's just so joyous, like, the way. Well, because she looks in the car and then she just goes, young love. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You do. You just argue in the car in the school parking lot. Oh my god. So many car arguments. Mm-hmm. If you're a young person and you're fighting in the car more than three times a month, just break up. Right? You don't need to be tethered to someone you hate. Yeah, right. In <laughs> or general, who wants if you're you to fighting. do a murder. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. If you're fighting about a murder you just did, you should leave. You should leave. Contact the police. Mm -hmm. They will help you. They will get you to safety. Yeah. I feel like one suicide in a high school is devastating. Two suicides, three suicides, like in quick succession, and then a fourth attempt. Shut the shit down and figure this out. Mm -hmm. Like, and I I know that that's not what the movie is trying to say, but like, come on. Right. Come on. <laughs> uh, I like all the, the meetings we see of the teachers and the principal. Those are great. Those are fantastic. What was the one where it's like, it was like, now we got to cancel school because of some homosexual suicide pact. <laughs> like we do, we were fine with the one, but now we've got this on our hands. So I'm going to let the weird hippie do it her way. <laughs> yep. They're all smoking. The principal is just, like, constantly trying to, like, unstick something from his pipe with a pencil. <laughs> He's constantly trying to clear a clog with a pencil. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. All the teachers are ridiculous. And, yeah, fuck that hippie one for trying to publicize it. You suck. Yeah. Ghoulish. <laughs> oh, yeah, she also shares the suicide note in class. Oh, yeah, that's, like, a big... Which I feel like... Okay, maybe that would happen. You, The kids would see it because it would show them that, like, everyone's human or whatever. And it could be a teachable moment, but I feel like you're not passing that around in class. No. That's, like, a big no-no, I think, in suicide prevention. Yeah. Like, if, like, don't share any of that. Like, don't share details. Don't share notes. Like. Yeah. But I, I love the follow-up line as she's talking about that where someone said something to the effect of like what happened and they're like okay can we stop quoting the coroner's report <laughs> yeah as we, as we do a close reading of the suicide note. Yeah. yeah like on the one hand i could see like it goes in the yearbook because it shows kids that like listen we're all dealing with stuff it's okay to talk about it you don't have to feel alone but on the other hand the note almost normalizes mm-hmm. the suicide Because it's like, oh shit, I'm feeling that way. And look at how everyone reacted when they killed themselves. Like, I should probably do it. Like, that's what Martha Dump Truck does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, that's a real, that's like a real thing. Yeah. Like in schools. Like the, like suicide as like a a contagion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, shut it down. Yeah. Knock it off. (laughs) Everybody go home. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, go home with supervision, because we can't trust any of you right now. Right. (laughs) Part of me would like to see a movie that took the suicide part of it more seriously, but still had the satire element. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's a lot of balls to juggle in a comedy, even a dark one. Yeah. And I don't and know I that they could have pulled it off. I think because these are not then. real suicides, too. Yeah, they're murders. It's like, they're murders. Like, suicide is so tragic that, you know, this movie is smart enough to, like, the one real one that we're presented with as a possibility is not successful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because if that one was successful, that would send a worse precedent and a worse message. Mm-hmm. But I did feel sad for her that she tried, failed, and then got made fun of for failing, which is a hundred and fifty percent what would have happened. I t- <laughs> like, I t- it's yeah. If a I'm popular person, laughing, yeah, but you are. I, but I am. <laughs> because it's it's true. Yeah, because if a popular person killed themselves and then a quote unquote loser tried and failed that's all they would remember is that you tried to copy the cool kids like shannon doherty says like you tried to copy the cool kids and of course you failed because you're not us you can't even kill yourself as cool as us yeah oh green heather you're so slippery i like how scared she looked at the end though when she realized that veronica was just saying fuck it all and who's gonna be queen bitch Mm -hmm. where she's like oh fuck that was a quick short green at the top yeah (laughs) back to your green wardrobe yeah, you're second in command again. Yep. That was really fucked up what she did to Yellow Heather, though. Sharing all her sad, sad yeah. personal life details. You better it's hope ambitious. no one tells the school that you're bulimic, Green Heather. Right. Because you are. And that's not okay. <laughs> Get help. Talk to somebody. So many issues that the movie is just like, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> just not even, not a, really a subject, just like color. Eating disorders, suicide, homophobia, (laughs) homophobia, AIDS. Yeah. Like, just like, anyways. Yeah. I'm honestly really surprised that that no one made fun of the the yearbook guy for being black. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm just honestly shocked that there isn't just like casual racism thrown in too. Like, just check all the boxes. Let's just do it. Yeah, you're right. But that would have been it. That would have been the straw that broke the camel's back though. Yeah. Everyone like putting like, it into whoa. like too mean spirited. Whoa, we're not racist. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, this movie is just such a guilty pleasure. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's fun. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't even think there was any moments where I was like wanting to check how much time we had left. Yeah, you know, when, it's short too. You know, it's an hour forty. Yeah, so it's like it's not too bad. It moves at a decent pace. When the movie's going for a joke, it nails it. Mm-hmm. Some of the parts where it's not going for a joke can feel a little muddled, and yeah. you're just like waiting for a line to be a joke. But the jokes that they went for, like I laughed, I laughed at the funeral scene when he said, "What about if he was alive with a pulse?" Yeah, that was funny. You know, some of the other things that were said were funny. The banter with the parents is all funny. There's a lot of stuff that that works in it. It is just like a weird concept for a movie that I don't think was marketed. I don't. Granted, I don't know the marketing for it, but I can't imagine it was good. Yeah. I can't imagine what good marketing would look like. For this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because how do you make it, how do you convey that it's about a serious topic, but it's funny, because it's not taking itself too seriously, but there's also multiple murders, and multiple, and like, suicide attempts, and there's just like, there's a lot going on, and like, what do you put in the trailer? Yeah. Like... Ever wish you could kill your best friend? Well, here's the zany, wacky way in which that would play out. Like yeah. I don't, like, I don't know who that's for. You know? Yeah. Which yeah, and that's how you end up with a poster that's Winona and Christian Slater lumped up in front of a chalkboard. No. Is it, no. <laughs> like it does. It gives you no semblance of what's going on. I mean, the poster now is just all the like reviews of them standing next to it. Mm-hmm. But like, even his face is like. Just like a sheepish grin of like, mm, I'm a, I'm a slacker in high school. Yeah. Doesn't convey the murderous yeah. nature whatsoever. Did you like Can't Buy Me Love? 
That's what this looks like. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like Can't Buy Me Love. The poster, at least. Yeah. But I did know it had murder in it. That's true. When you were like, I'm thinking something like Jawbreaker, there might be a murder. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Right. Because, again, this this is one of those things where I know enough people, uh, especially going to art school where art oh. films are all the rage. Uh, I knew people who liked this movie. I had just never seen it. Yeah. Or never knew enough to know the plot-by-plot plot details. I knew somebody was murdered. I thought maybe it was more of like a Pretty Little Lies kind of thing. Yeah. Of maybe... They collectively, as friends, did a murder, and how does that group devolve from that? Not me and this guy are picking off horrible people one by one kind of thing. So, Still some surprises, even though I knew some of the basic tenets of the movie, but uh, overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Anything else we want to cover? No, Johnny? (laughs) (laughs) You've been uncharacteristically quiet? You good? Okay, yeah, he's nodding his head. He's never seen it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, all right, well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also rate and review this show uh, in-app on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you like the show, give us five stars. We greatly appreciate that as we greatly appreciate anyone who listens, whether you review it or not. Uh, if you like the show or like any of the movies we cover, uh, tell a friend if they also like these movies so they they can have a fun discussion about Movies that people have never seen before. That is just, it's always nice to, to have that talk. So tell a friend about the show if you enjoy it. Uh, and let us know what you think of Heathers on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. You can also tell us what are your favorite teen comedies. What are your favorite black comedies? What do you think of Winona Ryder and Christian Slater? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.